1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, you're just a delight, aren't you? I am gagged, caught, and living for that. Now that is very juicy. Welcome to Geordie's Juice. Hello ladies, gentlemen and non-binary icons and welcome to our podcast, Geordie's Juice. My name is Geordie Delight. I am the real housewife of Leaf, drags answer to Angel Delight and on Aldi budget and full-time spinster. As well as all of this, I am an Edinburgh-based drag queen, DJ, actor, singer, activist and your host for today's episode. In this series of Jory's Juice, I speak with legends of the UK's drag scene where we discuss highlights of their careers, where they plan on sashing to next and we also be dragging out all things RuPaul's Drag Race UK season 3. We will review each episode and get juicy on what's been going down. The challenges, the villain edits, the tears, and who our money is on to win. Plus, all the most sickening looks on the runway. So boil the kettle and get the tea brewing, because it's time to spill the goss and drag your thoughts away from your troubles. My guest for today's episode of Jory's Juice is Birmingham's very own Why She Black. Why She Black is a star on The Rising, creating a buzz in the UK's drag community whilst hosting for Pop Buzz, interviewing some of the best Drag Race stars and dishing her own thoughts on the show. Why She has been performing in the UK for years and speaks openly about her challenges as a drag queen who is also a person of colour and is an activist for her drag community. Described by Drag Race's very own Monique Hart as amazing, I can safely say she lives up to this expectation and much more. Enjoy. Why, Shea, thank you so much for joining us on Geordie Juice. It's an absolute delight to have you. Um, How was your gig last night? Were you doing a gig performing? Well, I was doing
2: a gig um, on the the Sunday beforehand, so I do my lip-sync competition in Birmingham. Oh. Uh, we just had the semi finals uh, finished, and that was really good, really intense. A lot of acts, a lot of acts, but we got down to a final 12, uh, and the finale is on the 14th of November. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So we can.
1: Amazing. Are you still hungover? <laughs> I am. Um, so <laughs> I'm not over but I'm just exhausted because I didn't realize, because now I live
2: in London. I work quite a bit because there's loads of stuff happening in London all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I am not prepared for all of this.
1: (laughs) So I've done quite a lot of work, which is great. This is amazing. But I think slowly adjusting to London life. Yeah, I've been feeling that when things have been open. I've had a cold, I've had like sort of a virus throat infection a few weeks ago. And today it's like, obviously, we're doing Jory's Juice. I might be having a tea with you, but I'm having a LEM sip because I had my flu vaccine on Sunday and I'm still feeling horrific from it.
2: Oh, babe, see, to take it easy.
1: Take it easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've got to look after ourselves. Totally. I feel that burnout is kind of happening. You know, we've gone from sort of being in house all the time to overdrive. Mm-hmm. work constantly now and the burnout is catching up. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. Amazing. So this is, I'm so excited to have you on. I've been loving what you've been <laughs> doing with pop, buzz and all this stuff you've been doing. I think your drag, I read an article you done and you were sort of described yourself as like your auntie and I was like, that's literally my kind of drag as well. So yeah. I feel like we're going to have a good repertoire and get on here, definitely.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I love, uh, I also love drag. I love what I do. But like being in, uh, having my drag like set up in Brum, We're just, we're just a different breed in Birmingham. We just, we just don't care that much. Like everything's fun, we're community based. We have a laugh, you know, sometimes we look terrible, absolutely (laughs) terrible, but we actually have a great laugh with it. Think bag of chips, Ginny Lemon, those are the Birmingham, the Birmingham Queens, do you know what I mean? Rough around the edges. (laughs) a goal. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the Scottish drag scene as well, mm, to be fair. <laughs> mm, oh, absolutely. I love the Scottish drag. Scottish drag and Burmese drag are really close together like we get along really well. I love 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 all of the queens from Edinburgh and Glasgow and in between. it's just amazing. And they're also talented. Oh my god, the talent is just insane. Insane. They don't get like half the recognition they deserve Aww. because they kill it up there. Absolutely.
1: Thank you. That's so kind. <laughs> we never oh. hear that, so thank you. So I'm intrigued. and so you know, chat me through your career. You know, why? How did you start drag, and what made you kind of pursue a drag career?
2: Mm. Oh wow, drag found me. I didn't find drag. I tell you that. Um, I grew up sort of acting, performing, directing. Um, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, drag really wasn't. Really wasn't. A, I didn't really think about it as much. Um, even to the point where, like, I had a drag queen um, on my university course, Annabelle Lecter. Uh, she works <laughs> in Manchester. Love her, and she used to do drag. And very around like 2014, and I was like, "Oh, drag's all right, good for her, not for me, though. but good for her. Love that she's doing that. Love it." Yeah. Um, and and I watched Drag Race, uh, but as season four started, but I still wasn't like there and then my friend sort of asked me to do an open mic night hosting, um, an open mic performance night, but in drag and around the time, 2016 Birmingham had sort of like a a resurgence of drag artists come in to the scene Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was just such a strange time because there were one minute there weren't any performers and then the next minute there was about 10 uh, drag actors and we were like, oh, okay so we started, so I asked one of my drag mothers, well, my drag friends, who now became a drag mother, to put me in drag for the open mic night, and that happened once every two months. I'd just get in the makeup, I'd host. That was it. I'd perform here and there, nothing serious. I got paid in vodka. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's that was the payment, vodka. We we're having a laugh. It was just fun community stuff. And then after like a year, like twenty seventeen, I started to get a bit more serious. Not so serious as like this is what I want to do, but like, oh, let me go see what's happening in London. And mm-hmm. uh, let me go see what's happening there. And I entered Lipstick 1000. Um, and it was a year that like Bimini and um, Crystal from Drag Race and, you know, Free Slaves, Margot Marshall, um, all these iconic acts who we know now started off. Wow, and I didn't even realize that I was, you know, we were in the same competition in the room full of absolute icons. Um, but, yeah, so then I lost the competition. It was really funny because Graham Norton was judging. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it. I know Graham Norton judging, <laughs> like, a little Lip Sync 1000 competition in London. I lost the competition. I came back to Birmingham, and they were like, oh, um, would you like to do your own, night like, lip competition called The Church of Washington? And at the mm. time, I was like, I don't even know how to do my own make. I don't know anything about that. But I knew they weren't going to ask me again. So I just went, yeah. I went, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. And then I'll figure, it, I'll figure it all out along the way. And I got my grandmother mother to paint my face every Sunday because the competition was like for about six, seven weeks. But because I was getting paid, I paid her as well. Do you know what I mean? Makes mm. sense. You know what I mean? Plus, she'd probably take the money out I had anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So then it just started and it just built and it built and it built. Uh, and a lot of the foundation and a lot of like mixes and the work that I have came from that um initial 2017 uh, bulk of work because i really was doing this competition i didn't have anything i didn't have any mixes i didn't have any outfits i didn't have any makeup but like i was learning as i was going along on the job mm. um, and i was making mixes every week you can't i wouldn't get so every so sundays i'd perform so monday tuesday i'd make a mix learn it Wednesday, Thursday, maybe do some alterations in the middle, but then perform it on Sunday. And I was doing that every week. No week was the same track for all those weeks. And now, oh no, you couldn't catch me doing that now. Not every single week. (laughs) But I think it's important when I am starting out for the bulk of my work to Mm -hmm. really look at different things and bring different entertainment Mm -hmm. for the crowds. So yeah, so drag really found me. I was not. Enthralled about being a drag queen for a while. And plus, I was wearing my mom's clothes. I was church <laughs> clothes. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I was like taking bits of African clothing and this that, and the other, and running to the gig and running on and running back and this that, and the other. So, yeah. So, drag was, <laughs> <it> was <laughs> never about me being like, yes, I want to feel the fantasy. I was just yeah. like, oh, I've got this thing now. <laughs> I've got to do.
1: I love oh, yeah, it, it see, that, my experience has just been so similar to yours Like, I, um, mm. I'd went to a drag show when I was 16 in Turkey with my mum And I was like, oh, this is a bit odd um, And it was sort of Chicago and um, cabaret sort of tributes mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's really fun, but it's not really for me And then the girls, when I was at high school, wanted me to do recuscio in drag And I was like no, no, I'm not feeling drag, but I'll just do the actual role. And then it did get to about 19 that I was like, okay, you know, I used to go to this night called the Church of High Kicks in Edinburgh at CC Blooms mm-hmm. and was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is fun. There's drag. Maybe I could do drag for a laugh, just for a laugh. And then, you know, lo and behold, years later, here I am doing it freelance. Um, and I, I know what you mean about the alcohol thing. You know, at the beginning, it was just drink tokens, you know, and do a wee, mm-hmm. do a wee lip sync to like Ida Marie or something, mm-hmm. um, which was an absolute vibe. And then it was went. Advent- to um the Free Sisters, uh, a very interesting venue in Edinburgh. <laughs> and um, they were like, Oh, I want to do this Christmas show. Do you know my drag queens? And I was like, Oh, I'm a drag queen. I could do that. And they're like, OK. And then literally, we ended up doing three of us this Mariah Carey tribute every Christmas for four years in a row. That there's only so many times you can hear Mariah Carey, but they were paying you a fork load. So I was like, Well, why not? No, no. Yeah. And, and that was it. And it kind of happened that way. Um, how does your mum feel about you sort of taking her church clubs and well, drag?
2: well, she was well she was fine about I say fine about it, so but, every time they try and discuss it, I'd like bat it away because I was so in, it was like it's like it's like coming out, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When like parents were like, Oh, I know you're a bit and you're like, No, 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 whoa, no, let's not talk okay, about whoa, look <laughs> over there. Um very <laughs> fat. And um because she said she saw a poster, her and my aunt saw a poster of me in drag in one of her outfits, and my aunt was like, because it's funny because I brought you on that out. and I was like, no, don't it, no,
0: don't until <laughs> it. Uh,
2: and it wasn't until, it wasn't until I, did a, I, I did an interview with the BBC um, about, you know, just like, being why is she black and me black and this that, and the other. And my parents at the time not knowing that I do drag, uh, and obviously like that's like a hook line for like any sort of like journalist news and they went with it, they went with it, and I thought it was going on BBC Three because I was like my parents won't know BBC Three, these young, this is young <laughs> It was going on BBC West Midlands, which is like BBC One, and it was a day of pride in Birmingham, and my mom. <laughs> got a notification from the b for the bbc notification app and she was like young drag queen parents don't know she on it was me i was i did i so i'm there on the pride float and my mom like cheering around everyone oh, brilliant happy pride be free and my mom's messaging me like we need to talk along Oh, screaming. I'm screaming on this ride, like trying to be happy, but also internally dying. <laughs> internally dying because I'm like, oh my god, I did not come prepared for this today. Um, but then she's fine with it. She's happy with it. She's as long as like I'm getting paid, as long as it's good, as long as like I'm supporting myself, and I'm not like because what happened was it was difficult because I was um, it just looked like I was going out with my mates do you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. so like I was living at home at the time and I was like what like uh, almost late 20s ish um and it just looked like I was partying all the time do you mm. know what I mean and like there wasn't any form of like potential growth for me to do anything with it like I wasn't mm-hmm. doing any of my acting stuff but at the same time I'm always out so I was like so yeah mom it's fine she's like that's okay that's fine she mm-hmm. told me to like swap my wigs now I'm like oh how <laughs> Oh dang, but true. Um, so yeah, it was like, but she's fine. She's fine with it. Um, the dad's fine with it. Like, and they're so supportive. It, it's That's great. great.
1: That's great. I know that when I wore this like really big red crimped wig, my mum was like, "It's a bit ratty. You could do with a lace front." I was like, <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> so was like years ago, years ago." Years I'd ago. I'd, yeah, yeah, I'd, of course. But I was like. Like, so shady. Mm. Um, i got to say, why Shayla? I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I have heard some stories about how parents and family find a bit of drag, but I think yours is the absolute top tier, funniest, (laughs) most most fun, interesting story. I mean, you can't get much more attention than that. Your mum gets pinged on an app.
2: (laughs) Yeah, literally pinged on an app and it had to be me. It couldn't have been anyone else. It couldn't have been. And I didn't even know she had the app. I didn't even know she knew how to use the app. (laughs) <laughs> and there it is ping
1: right in front. Of it at 8am in the morning pride day Absolutely, oh, brilliant. that's <laughs> absolutely brilliant what was what was the Birmingham drag scene like before you moved to London then
2: um, so the Birmingham drag scene is it's really everything I really love it I only recently moved to London so I still don't I'm always going to be a Brummie anyway but it's weird with uh, the Birmingham scene because like I said before when we started in 2017 it really it really became so obviously it was drag old school drag beforehand you know singers old camp absolute brilliant drag um but there wasn't an in between so they'd just been doing that for years Mm -hmm. um and then sort of like drag race happened uh, and one of the main clubs got four drag queen hosts uh, but younger ones to sort of become like the hosts and be around in drag they, they were called the housewives of birmingham mm-hmm. and it was fun it was camp but then it showed then basically them being there allowed others to come out in drag and then what happened was we all sort of came up together so about like 20 of us all from birmingham started doing drag at the same time mm. and which is really strange because that never really happens in different scenes, like usually it's like, slowly people don't come in one to one. but actually we all came up together. Mm. And so we all formed like this new sort of new wave scene in Birmingham doing drag. So we all sort of know each other, help each other, love each other, we're all pretty much a family. And obviously like all families fight and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But we all have that same sort of coming up together as one Mm -hmm. from 2016. Um, and we all like created events and we all went to those events and this that, and the other. Uh, but drag's it's a bit punky, we're a bit crazy. It's such a small scene because there are only about four or five actual like clubs and places to go. Um, so we all know each other um, and we all know what's going on. So yeah, it's nice. It's nice. We are, we don't take ourselves too seriously either. Mm-hmm. I just think there's sort of like, a lack in opportunities for the Birmingham scene. You wouldn't pick the second city, but the scene is so like cut off from like the rest of the artistic world in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. So people are like, being a drag act, you know full well, like you're pretty much a creative artist, creative producer, you're making everything, or you're producing everything and you're making shows and this, that and the other, and you're getting people into the venue, this, that and the other. And that is like, you, you people, the art council give you money for that. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But yeah. because the drag queens just only know sort of drag, the drag acts, and drag kings only know drag, they don't see the artistic side that actually that's mm-hmm. money that you can make, mm-hmm. and that could back you up and could back your drag up. Right. Um, so there is a, this like sort of like this cut. This they they. They don't see it, but the arts don't also come down to the scene anyway because they just think it's just clubs and stuff. Actually, they're mm. living, breathing artists on the, on the scene who are working yeah. and doing what you, what the people up top want, but, like, they're just no connection.
1: Yeah.
2: But, I, but I love the moment scene. I think it's great. I think we're a family. And I, we don't take things too seriously. I think I love London. Uh, I'm starting to get my feelers out, and I know people anyway. But I'm just here for a laugh, do you know what I mean? I'm just here for a good time.
1: <laughs> I Um, love that. Yeah, it's funny hearing that actually with the Birmingham scene because it honestly, it does sound so similar to Edinburgh that there's only like mm -hmm. four, five venues in Edinburgh that does drag regularly. Um, And I know what you mean about money situations and sort of the the arts taking it serious because I'm currently chatting to Equity in Scotland sort of about how we can get things more accessible for drag artists. So I totally understand Mm -hmm. what you mean. Um, It's interesting hearing the punk aspect because obviously like um, Jenny Lemon had quite an exit of drag race when she sort of walked out and i know that from a friend who is in birmingham um that everyone was kind of like some of them were like yes and i just i'm intrigued Mm. well the thing is with jenny bear in mind i have to say during every interview i gave her her a first
2: team um and so i'm sorry for unleashing that on the world (laughs) um Give her that opportunities to breathe. Um, no, Ginny, the thing is with Ginny, she always she always sort of knows what she wants to do and what she's doing. So people think that she, she. well, she is very comical, wild, kooky. Duh, but actually, she she th- thinks things through quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I know her walking off track race. She pretty much had an idea that she was probably going to do it. Yeah. You know, she probably woke <laughs> up one morning and was like, well, actually, you know what, I'm just gutted that she did it so early because we didn't get to see her Silla Black Snatch game. Yeah. She was an amazing Silla Black, absolutely hysterical Cilla Black, mm-hmm. um, obviously made way for Bimini's um, Katie Price, but I really think Ginny would have uh, equally, if not topped um, that, that performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah Ginny. she knows what she's doing she mm-hmm. she does act very kooky but she's she got her head screwed on um and you know in drag race i, I remember drag race season one came out me Ginny, and our drag sister blanche were in um the village where we do all of our shows Ginny killing me she went i'm not going to audition for season two because they need to book me i know for a fact that they go hunting for the queen and we're being like no that's really not how it works but you have to audition <laughs> no 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 i'm not auditioning i'm like chili lemon oh, Ginny lemon and then she does go and audition and of course the kooky one gets on do you know what mm-hmm. i mean but it's great she's great she's a great performer she works best in live in live in a room with mm-hmm. people. That's where she thrives the most, uh, and is she just great? It's great, she's a great talent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mad. Couldn't change it for the world. Definition of Birmingham drag. Her bag of me. Kitty Scott claws even with, the, with with the funny ones. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The funny, loud
1: one. <laughs> totally, it's funny because I did see a photo and a little clip of um, Jenny doing Silla black, and I'd, I obviously, when she was announced on the show, I was like, "Oh, she's good at for Snatch Game." I can see it. I'm, I, I'm mm-hmm. so gunning for this. And then she left, and I was like, "Oh, it was one of the yeah. things I was hyping for." Yeah,
2: um, I think yeah, I think the producers knew yeah. that as well. Mm-hmm. I think they knew that as well. They're going to do it. as my own opinion. Uh, I thought they were going to get her onto Snatch Game then she's going to win and then the next week she'd have a bad week and then she'd be awesome that's what i thought was going to yeah. happen but mm. you know
1: what about who am i just a lonely little dragon? i don't know anything so if obviously like in terms of performance you know are you a singer are you a lip-syncer what kind of performances Mm. do you do
2: oh i'm a lip-sync artist um somebody asked me recently if i say how my vocals and i went untrained and unwell um (laughs) (laughs) no one's here i would like to learn how to sing one day just to hit a note do you know what i mean just to (laughs) know how to find one then hit it that would be great for me i don't want to be jennifer hudson i just want to know how to But yeah, lip sync artists. Um, I love to perform sort of a mixture of um, loads of different hits. I didn't realize that most of my work is covered by uh, black artists. Um, And I never really made the choice. I think I just go for my music taste. Um, And then I love to intertwine that with, do you remember Vine? Do you remember Vine? Yeah, too. I I just love Vine. And like human, funny, Stuff like tick here and there. But I just like to infuse stuff with like grounded, um, humans being just ridiculously funny and saying stupid things. Like, I absolutely love it. I think it's a great, I think it's the best. Um, so I like to try it, and plus it, it gives it like a modern age, a modern kick, especially if I'm doing something that's like something from the 80s or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Um, but yeah, I love to infused stuff like that and then obviously I've got my church lady stuff so you know I'll always have to take you to black church whatever Whatever you're around yeah. Do, I love musical theatre always love musical theatre um, so any
1: form of musical I am down to perform anything yeah. Amazing. So can you talk me through, obviously, I read an article from 2019 you did that I thought was absolutely incredible. So, you know, and Vanity Milan had talked about her own experiences Mm. a few weeks Mm. ago. What are some of the challenges you face then as sort of um, a drag queen that's um, from the BAME community that is black?
2: Well, it's it's a, so Birmingham, again, being very small as it is um, in terms of the queer scene, uh, And there aren't that many uh, black queer performers, especially not when I started. And because we all came up together, I was probably um, the only one. Now, currently, we have Black Pepper. Shout out to Black Pepper, you're amazing. Um, uh, And, you know, another, uh, probably another two or three. Uh, But, like, when I started, it was just very, it was difficult because not only did I not know about makeup, I was trying to learn makeup, I was also trying to learn shades. And I was also trying to learn, you know, what looks good on this my kind of my skin and what looks here, there, and this and what works. For and obviously I had help, I had support um from the my sisters, and brothers in the community. They were always down there. Actually, I had so much help, but because I was so young in my like drag knowledge it was just going over my head and because I was in denial about like actually wanting to be a drag queen mm. all the help that I was getting just sort of like, you know, washed over. But like, it was there, but I, I found it, I did find it difficult, but that didn't stop me. Good. It didn't stop me from doing it. And it didn't stop me from wanting to pursue it in a way. I think it's, it's such a strange thing for me I'm from Birmingham. And there is a, um, there isn't a lack of, uh, be black um you know even even different ethnicities um it's mainly white. I, I moved to london or i moved to london and they're like fighting for you know representation and lineups of representation and this and i'm like yes we should do that i'm just thinking london is so so diverse anyway it's probably a bit e- not easier but i just feel like I mean, from a background where, you know, you, I'm the only one, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how I'd even, I would be able to create an event that works so well in, in the conditions. Mm-hmm. Like if I took sort of like, when um, when the pandemic was happening and everyone was going online, oh, God, online track. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, the pain. Just another like the flash of the pain of online track. Oh, um, and, uh, everyone was moaning about the white white lineups. Everyone was like up in arms. But I didn't see anyone do anything, I was annoyed. So I decided to put on my own show called Blessed and Highly Flavoured. Um, and it was just like a POC showcase uh, of Asian and black and just different forms of us. And it wasn't just um, drag artists, it was singers, poets, dancers. Um, I wanted to just have like a plethora of you know different mm-hmm. art forms, and I popped that online and it, and it did really well. It was good. It was nice, but I was, and it was just like a reaction just to something that I'd seen online because I was like, if you ain't gonna put it out yourself, do you know what I mean? What we're mm-hmm. gonna do? We're just all gonna be moaning in the same space, and no one's actually gonna do anything about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's all good to moan to get people fired up, but actually, come on now, let's go. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think, I think me as being one of the the prominent ones in Birmingham says, says a lot. And, like, I try to – I'm really lucky when it comes to being black and being a drag artist in a city that doesn't have that much rep- representation because I also – I also divulge into the art side of things as well so I do a lot of artist work and I'm on, mm-hmm. and in those spaces as well as my queer spaces mm-hmm. and I think that's what's really helped compel me to various other things because I love to do like theatre stuff and host and mm-hmm. make work make artist work and stuff like that so I think doing those things have helped me uh, and helped Shine a light on, you know, other people queer spaces. I think Birmingham's got a lot to do still, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm in talks with them uh, as well. Uh, the queer scene and I'm in uh, in talks with even the artist scene and trying to like get, you know, the Birmingham Hippodrome, who's so prominent. It's at the, if you've been to Birmingham, it's at the top of the queer scene, um, and it's the big arts, the big theatres Hippodrome. And I'm like, you guys need to do some more. Because you know what I mean. Because if you guys aren't doing anything and noticing you've got artists at the bottom of your street, you know what I mean. What 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 you're here for? Yeah. You know what I mean. You, if you're supporting local talent, what are you here for?
1: Mm. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because support local talent is so important. Especially, obviously, Drag Race is great, but I always have that conversation with people that go, "Oh, I love drag," and I'm like, "What drag show do you go see?" And they're like, Oh, I watch Drag Race on Netflix," and I'm like, "Right, <laughs> right, right." And I'm just going to say, like, well done you for doing that digital drag show. That's incredible because the pandemic was so brutal. I was doing a digital drag show called The House of Liability, which was like my mm. drag house. We mainly comprised of non-binary and assigned female at birth performers. Mm. And that was really important for us. And now we thankfully have got a live venue from that, mm. which has been so great. Um, so it's it has been great. I, were you part of the lineup for the HIV Scotland drag show they did ages ago? Oh, I'm not. Like Not May really 2020, sure. I think you sent a video. No,
2: maybe if I did, I did. My memory's shocking, like <laughs> absolutely shocking. I'm just, shocked.
1: just because I did it, that's why. And I was like, I'm pretty oh, sure I please. think I saw you perform. Yeah, for that.
0: If you,
2: I'm, so. um, you know, if you saw me sweat on on a video and do the most with the
1: least, then yes, <laughs> yes, that was me. Yes. Well, you killed it. You did absolutely brilliant. Oh. So you've been recently doing stuff with M um, Pop buzz as a host isn't that amazing like can you chat more about that
2: oh absolutely right so I was going through a phase where I wanted to do more more with my drag and I was just I ain't scared to email I ain't scared to Instagram message or DM venues that I was on the computer emailing everyone Mm -hmm. Uh, and Woody who um, co-hosts some of the poppers interviews and pretty much like is my boss, quote unquote, but also friend. At, um, I've known Woody through other, other friends of mine, um, non drag friends of mine, and we were at a festival. We were at a signal pig festival, something like that. And I was like, Woody, Woody, I need, I wanna get into sort of like TV stuff, I wanna do stuff. This is all before the pandemic hit. Uh, and Woody was like, Yeah, sure, that's fine. If anything comes up, I'll let you know. I'm brilliant a year later nothing happened and then we all went to the pandemic and then 2020 came along and woody was like oh um, um we've got an idea about because we can interview the drag race canada with girls mm-hmm. and woody was like we probably want to drag host but also split it with woody himself so i'd do one episode Woody you do one episode, and i was just like yeah go on
1: then let's go
2: And since then, I think it's just really boosted like, so, like popularity and my, getting my name out there. Because realistically, I only started doing it last year. And so, and, and, and I, and we've had oof, RuPaul doesn't rest or don't sleep, um, we've had you know, Drag Race Canada, the Drag Race UK season two, season three at the moment, and then also uh, Drag Race Down Under. So I've done all of those in the space of a pretty much a year wow uh, and it's just been it's just been mad it's been great it's been it's been fun i've enjoyed it and i've learned a lot throughout the process and i've learned a lot how to sort of you know it's a big team effort and that's what i think i love about it cuz i don't feel like i'm just coming in and then out like we discuss things beforehand we have meetings we prep we go through the scripts. We all have a laugh. We all know each other. Um, and so it's lovely to be part of that little team of PopBuzz mm-hmm. uh, and to be recognised for like, the work that I do and the fact that they paid me during a pandemic. I was like, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. And, and the reception has been amazing. Uh, the reception has been great. And I, and I really want to create content that's fun, mm-hmm. that everyone can have a laugh with. And just like, you know, that's why, you know, Bob's uh, reviews are so funny uh, because everyone just enjoys, like, the characters and they're having a laugh and mm-hmm. really takes the seriousness out of, like, some of the episodes, you know what I mean? Because some of the episodes are going to be, like, really serious. But actually, when you review it, we're like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah. Because the UK is so small, I just feel like I'm doing it with my friends. Yeah. Like, when I interviewed Ginny, I just went, listen, I know full well what's going to happen here. We're barely going to get anything done. Do you know what I mean? We're just going to sit here and have a laugh. Uh, same with tea and coffee. Like, we're just going to have a laugh. So, yeah, I think I think it's good. It was a really good gig to get, but mm-hmm. I really stand by me going, right, I want to look for things to do. I want to get out there and pull myself out there because if
1: I'm not, like, putting myself first and making mm-hmm. sure people know who I am, then I'm not going to get anywhere. That's it. Yeah. I'm so glad you've said that because there's there's such a big conversation in the Scottish drag scene that a lot of the time us drag artists do talk about the fact that not everyone gets everything handed to them. You've got to go out there and get work. Yeah. So I totally yeah. uh, understand where you're coming from. Um, I watched a few of your interviews on Pop Buzz. I watched victoria Scon one and I watched Electra Fence one, both wild, chaotic energy that I'm here for and love. Mm. Um, so now interviewing you, I'm like, oh, I'm getting experience oh. it firsthand. first <laughs> hand. Yeah, absolute chaos, mayhem, shenanigans, and the fuller. yes. <laughs> but you're you're a great host, and I would just say, like, before we kind of, we're nicely tying into actually Drag Race now, mm-hmm. which is good, because we're going to review last week's episode um, for a bit. But I was just going to ask, you know, um, I saw on your Twitter, your pinned tweet, that Monique Hart described you as amazing. What was the context of that? You must have right. been so cheesing
2: honestly so Monique Hart messaged me out of the blue very my mid-pandemic just being like I want you to be on my digital drag liner. and I was like oh, hyperventilating hyperventilating <laughs> yeah. um and yeah so I did I did that I did sort of like a church sort of number um which was great it was really fun really high energetic I just wanted to like do more and prove myself, and then I managed to finally meet Monique uh, on the Noir tour, where I was on tour with her. Monique, BB, Ree, Akiria, who is who is a drag queen through and through, Akiria, A. Bay Games, uh, my lovely sister Astina Mandela, uh, and Widow Von do um, and we went up and down the country and we toured, and it was just great to have them around and it was so lovely and then plus like Monique put good wording with me for GAY in London wow. and then they booked me off the back of that and I was like what is happening with live right now um but it was so it was so great to have to have that and to meet and support and to be around black drag artists I never really had that mm-hmm. um in Birmingham and I always like not it's not something of I've always wanted, but I just think it's just different experience. And it's just sort of, you know, especially ones who are a bit older than me and sort of have had like a sort of different experience. Um, I think it was great. It was a great opportunity for me to have. And, you know, I've got those benefit for it. But yeah, Monique Hart, she's, she's lovely. She's great. Now, Mm. Bibi is the one who is the regal queen out of drag. She's Mm. more regal out of drag than she is in drag. I'll tell you this now. It is always on. And I just, I live for (laughs) Bibi. I mean,
1: I can, I can picture that. I don't know how, but I can.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, out of drag is very always put together. And she is always put together in drag. But I think she's just on. But when she's out of drag, she plays a lot more. Yeah, it's funny, it's funny
1: absolutely brilliant so what were your thoughts and feelings then on last week's episode of drag Grace uk it's
2: insane poor vicky poor vicky gone. Mm-hmm. poor vicky gone. i was like oh we're gonna have a eureka moment And um, but vicky's you know beloved um <laughs> not to say eureka isn't love but you know half and <laughs> half. um it was a good it was a good episode i think um, Veronica showed a lot more fight in the lip sync than I thought she ever would do. Mm. Especially when you know Vanity Milan is standing right next to you, and she can serve a whole lot. And she'd already sent one girl home packing mm-hmm. <laughs> while while the other girl was doing the um, electric was doing the splits and the the yeah. the I don't know what she was doing. Yeah, <laughs> break dancing. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Um so yeah, but I think the episode as a whole, like camping materials, very hard. I wouldn't have had a clue. Mm-hmm. I'd have been home that episode. So I I'm, they
1: pulled out a good few um good few looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pretty surprised. I mean, I will say I was doing a sewing lesson yesterday, right? And I was making a zip. That was it. I was literally putting a zip on a bit of material, trying it out, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, watching that episode last night afterwards, I was like, love and respect to anyone that managed to make anything. I know Veronica, they were a bit like this. And I thought, that's still better than I could do at this point. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, no, yeah, literally. Like, I wouldn't even have to do it again. I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah, working materials and sewing and all that. So it, they make it look easy on TV, mm-hmm. and that's the thing on dragways. They go, "Oh God, yeah!" Some when people sew these amazing garments, and they just make it look easy from like the ten the ten minutes that we see in the workroom. But actually, it takes so much time and effort before that. Pre-planning, making sure you know which materials work. Like, there's a lot of talk of you know, of, of elevate. I only work with stretchy material. That's good because. You want to prepare and you want to make outfits and work. But like non-stretch, you don't essentially go there first because they're harder to do and take more time. And I could imagine like preparing for a show like Drag Race you have a limited amount of time. So you're going to want to get to know the stretch real quick, yeah, And if you get a chance to grab some stretch, you're going to
1: do it real quick. <laughs> I, so, felt, I felt for Veronica Green, because obviously, you know, she was trying to sort of help people and be very mm-hmm. kind of caring. I've got a soft spot for her. And when obviously it kind of blew up in her face a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. she mentioned obviously her time management's an issue, which, funnily enough, right, for me, I had to get in drag for a self-tape yesterday. And it was actually really easy because I didn't have a time limit. So I was like, oh, I can do this. I got ready. But any time I've got, like, two hours, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to get this done in time. and start panicking. Mm-hmm. So I really I really understood with the festival look. I did kind of write a bit of a sort of joke that I'd thought... She, I went to Cream Classical a few weeks ago in Liverpool, and she looked like me come back on the Monday. <laughs> I was like, oh, what has this weekend been? And, and I, I did feel for her. Um, and in terms of Crystal Versace's look, like, I did i couldn't I couldn't fault both of her looks, especially yeah. the sort of spikes coming up. I thought that was incredible yeah. grace Jones type art yeah yeah i thought i thought it was, i thought it was
2: incredible as well um I thought it was great i thought it was great i I know that she had help with it um but you know it's one of those things well yeah it's, I wonder if the judges know if they had help i remember i so back to taste, Taste is sort of black with a pin look, and a horror had to help with that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I don't think Taste won that episode, but you know, it was sort of a. I don't know if it was brought up as, as much. I would have to go rewatch the episode, but I don't know. It's its weird the queens that uh, get help, but then, you know, sort of go for I would I'd help with me. I would mm-hmm. help with me. If I knew what I was doing, I'd help mm-hmm. with me. But because I don't, I can't help no one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I totally get you. I would help them if I could help them with a glue gun, maybe at at best, but I totally get you. Um, In terms of Victoria Scone leaving, I read an article by Gay Times and they were sort of going on this context of, well, she wasn't asked back and I just wondered, Mm. like, you know, it wasn't, it was like, Eureka, you know, you have an open invitation whereas this was very much a we'll see her again soon. I'm sure I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was very
2: that, it was very that and I'm quite surprised that they didn't say that oh, you'll be back for season four. Because, let's be honest, Vicky, Vicky Scone is an icon. That yep. I, Oh my God, I'm great. Um, <laughs> um, and they need her back. Do you know what I mean? It's not just a case of, oh, we'll see her in the future. They need her back on the show. Yep. Uh, I'm absolutely devastated that we didn't get to see more of her looks as I definitely believe she would have been a top four, three, two, um, one,
0: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, like the picnic look, like she posted on Instagram recently with, you know, the scotch eggs and the French, French fancies and all of that. I was I was living. Mm-hmm. And it was such a breath of fresh air from everyone just doing camping. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and so I was like, wow look what we've missed out on. But I think now, um, season, if she goes back on season four, the girls who ever get on, y'all better strap yourselves in
1: real time. Do you know what I mean?
2: Because the scum's coming back (laughs) with a (laughs) vengeance.
1: It was really interesting. Um, I was really subtle moment for me, but Raven obviously giving the tips on nose contour. And I was like, Mm. write this down after six years, still can't do it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Same. Literally saying, I'm like, oh, okay. This would be really good. This would be really nice. Um, Very that I would uh, definitely take any tips from Raven, especially. And I like to try and soak up as much information as I can, yep. with with the cameras on or even without the cameras on. <laughs> I want to take.
1: I want to take us back but the mini challenge for finder which was sort of this grinder like joke was hilarious i couldn't help but if uh, maybe this is just me right but i grew up watching mrs merton and i closed my eyes and thought veronica green just sounded like mrs merton <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> it was it was it was a
2: challenge it was it was fun um <laughs> I really enjoyed I really enjoyed watching them all portray a character some better than others obviously mm. uh, I really enjoyed Elmer Days I really enjoyed Scarlet's um,
0: <laughs>
2: just watch them all look there just like la- just like blokes
0: just yeah. like right yeah, yeah
2: very you know um, during the season 2 Beast Enders um, <laughs> Lawrence's Phil Bitchell very that yeah. very that right like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah something that, decent to act, i
1: just love it i mean <laughs> i wrote down on my phone i feel triggered it's a room full of my ex-boyfriends so <laughs> not oh wow you haven't time <laughs> <laughs> not anymore thankfully oh. <laughs> the main thing that i really took away from this episode that um, I thought it was incredible was Charity Case talking about um, HIV mm. and the stigma around it. Um, I felt, obviously, It's a Sin was during the pandemic and came out, mm. and I I know that some of my friends who are positive had sort of said they felt that It's a Sin maybe could have done a bit more at the end to sort of say things are different now, you equals you. So I was mm. glad she went on. She talked about the Raw um, sort of stigma because I know not from experience obviously but in my friends experiences the dating apps people are horrible on Grindr and will say things like you're diseased and it's like no and and go her like talking about on the show it was so powerful oh, yeah
2: absolutely absolutely Charity Case is so switched on um, with not only her drag but herself uh, and how her life experiences have influenced her um her drag and her life and what she perceives in the world. And she takes all of the negative stuff and she understands it all. And she goes, this is where I've come from. And this is why I'm who I am. I had an interview with her on, um, we did a poppers interview because we were doing bits for, um, for pride. Uh, and I was like, "Charity's a great person. And when I was talking to Charity, even though I know Charity anyway, um, she did one of her first performances with me. Oh God, somebody first, somebody first. Um, and she was just so switched on about her drag and about her HIV and about the, t- the hard times that she's had, but also transforming that into positivity and going, okay, like, this is where I've been, but now we use this to jump off into something greater. Charity is so switched on in that sense. Um, it's great, I, w- I really recommend If anyone wants to know more about charity case, looking at that interview, just because Mm -hmm. I was so informed, and I was so like, this is somebody who knows about not only their drag, their life, and who they are, and I, it was such, it wasn't even me just rambling on, chatting (laughs) crap. It was, um, it was really. Really powerful and informative, and I'm so glad Charity got the show that I'm sure. I'm so glad that it has come through because they're, they're great, they're great, they're great. And knowing them, they're such a sweet soul.
1: So, yeah, totally. The last thing I just want to mention from the runway looks that I had was that Kitty doing the Barbara Windsor look was like so camp, but I loved it.
2: <laughs> camp, and that's what I expect from Kitty camp, mm-hmm. camp, camp. Um, she's great. I I, I just think. I'm proud of her for, you know, making, making it on and actually going right. And especially during a pandemic, I don't think people know the scope of like having to get your drag during a pandemic. Having when like, you know, things are closed. I was talking, I think I was talking to Kitty about I was like, the season two girls had to stop midway, but they already had their stuff. Yep. yep. And the season three girls had to source all this material and source all this stuff when we're going through a lockdown. And that in itself is so difficult. So I really give it kudos for mm-hmm. the imagination uh, that the girls have got, and the actual execution of it as well is really something different. Because but I can't even, I couldn't even do that when all the shops are open. Let alone when like, there's only barely nothing open. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: I mean, I have to agree with you. And Veronica Green did kind of talk mm. about this on her Instagram that she done the other day about yeah. how she maybe should have declined the invitation. She financially couldn't do it. And this is a conversation yeah. I know that we in the drag scene know that a lot of these girls and performers and artists go on and they do have to, like, spend a lot of money either making things or mm. getting people to make things for them. It's mm. a lot an extensive process. So yeah. I kind of felt that that was really authentic for her to be like, I maybe should have declined and actually said I'd, I'd re-audition. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would have made yeah. more sense. No,
2: absolutely. Drag is expensive. Drag is so expensive. It's crazy. It's crazy to try and, you know, keep your head above water while also, you know, paying for drag and then having to get to the gigs and this and the other and Mm -hmm. pay for these wigs and pay for the outfits and the heels and the tights and the undergarments and the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? We really are. Hence why it goes back to... Having the arts support, you know, cabaret work, Mm -hmm. uh, because we really are doing everything, creating our own stuff, and we really need support. And there's money there for artists, but you just never, you're never taught that being a cabaret artist is anything beneficial or is on the same level as an actor or musical theater uh, or a dancer. There's nothing of that. Oh, you could be a cabaret artist when you grow up. Do you know what I mean? You don't see no. it, you don't hear it. So we're left to struggle in in these times of find stuff up for ourselves, as well as trying to find our queerness and mm. all of that as well. It's a lot. It's a lot.
1: Yeah, It is a lot. You're so, so right. Um, the last two points I had were um, Scarlet one, and mm. I just wondered what your thoughts were on that.
2: Well, I <laughs> wasn't... <laughs>
1: I just don't think they wanted to give Crystal another win To be totally honest
2: with you I mm-hmm. just thought they did want to give Crystal another win So the second best probably would have been Scarlett But it wasn't a look Really stood out in my mind Do you know what I mean? Like she looked beautiful And Scarlett will always look beautiful uh, But I don't think she should have won But you know That's, uh, that's, that's, that's my opinion uh, mm-hmm. I'm not RuPaul I may be black but I'm not RuPaul So you know Who knows <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I felt I, I'm, I'll be shady and say it, and it's no shade to her because she's incredible. But I was like, oh, oh okay, yeah. It was very that. <laughs> it, was, it was very that moment. You go, what? what? Can I rewind this a bit? <laughs> yeah. And then the bottom two, obviously, were Veronica Green and Vanic Milan. We kind of mm. mentioned earlier, and I felt for Veronica because she did. She put up a fight, but you know, yeah. Vanic Milan did win, and she did yeah. end up going home. Um, it, was, it was a, a strange, I remember watching the
2: episode and thinking, Rue, even though I love Theresa May, love, love, love Theresa May, I thought Rue's um, sort of, your story was really funny, so we're going to keep you at the bottom. And I was like, that's a bit, mm, mm-hmm. that's very like Ruble's personality race. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, come on now, come on now. Like you know, the gar—if you didn't like the garment and you gave it bad critiques, then it should have been judged fairly. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And totally. not just because uh, Theresa can come up with an elaborate story, and Vanity can't. So that means Vanity has to be in the bottom. I'm like, come on now, that is—it's you know, you showing you showing the reality TV side of it a bit too much now. Usually, you keep it quite hush hush um, when you're making your decisions. So I think RuPaul's old age is getting to her a bit. But uh <laughs> but yeah, I, I I was a bit like wonky on that situation. But you know, Vanity's a great performer, so I'm just gonna turn it out. I'm proud of Veronica for not letting for not keep
1: her keeping it like just lying down dead. Do you
2: mm-hmm. know what I mean? She really decided cool. to go for it and I went, Okay,
1: okay, here we go. Yeah. She was ripping that outfit off and oh, redeeming yeah. herself.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I
1: was like, Okay, you really hate this outfit, but you know
2: what, you try you're selling it, you're selling it.
1: And the song, like, I'll be honest, like, I had to Shazam that. I was like, what is it? Because I actually, I must be so bad as a DJ, but I was like, I don't know that song at all. <laughs> Do you not know the
2: song? No. <laughs> mm, bloody, how old are you? Bloody
1: 26.
2: 26? 26. Oh, funny kids. Oh, yeah. Nah. <laughs> it's a good, it's a popular, well, popular ish song. I had heard of it. Um, I just don't, I don't know if I'd use it in a lip sync. But then again, Mm. I don't know. I don't think the tracks. I just, I want some. I want. We all want decent tracks that we all know. We just want something that just shouts, "Homosexuals." You know what I mean? That's all we want from Drag Race. Uh, But yeah, it was. Vanity pulled it off, and she lives to slay another week. And I think she's slowly becoming like the lip sync assassin of of Mm. the season um so i'm scared to see who goes up against her next that's not to say who she's in the bottom again because yeah. i'm sure after two times in the bottom you're really going to step things up and i'd be like that the fire under my ass would be real if yeah. i coming off that stage with another lipstick i'd be like right <laughs> I'm to change this up <laughs> totally
1: Oh, before we finish, Weishi, it's been honestly amazing interviewing you and hearing about your work mm. and reviewing Drag Race. It's been absolutely amazing. What have you got planned next? You got any like shows coming up?
2: Oh, me? I'm here, there and everywhere. Um, so I'm in London. I've actually got a little bit of break, but I've got in London, I'm doing um, the to Lipsing competition every Wednesday at Freedom Bar. Uh, I've still got my church event on Sundays. The church finale is on the 14th. Um, I can give you a little exclusive of uh, one of the judges for Finale, and uh, you may know them they're a comedian, Joe Lycett uh, has offered to come mm-hmm. and host, and I'm, I'm in talks of getting various the drag race and drag kings on there, so we'll see it's going to be a very good night, and the event's free as well, so just look at my page um, but yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram Why she black, uh just Y-S-H-E-E Black like my skin colour. Um, and follow me there, and I'm doing the most for the least. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. Why she thank you for getting juicy with Jory, it's been a delight yeah. having you. Thank you. I love juice. Do you know what I mean? I can't get enough of it. Can't
2: get enough. Good enough <laughs> for <from> now.
1: <that. laughs> Thanks again to Drag Icon Pop Buzz host and activist Why She Black for a fabulous episode of Jory's Juice. And a big thanks to all you, my darlings, for listening to episode three of Jory's Juice, the definitive podcast on RuPaul's Drag Race UK, season three. There's loads more juice where that came from. You'll soon be able to find future episodes on Acast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Matt Ramsey for editing this episode, and as ever, to my lovely producer, Rowan Green. This podcast was a Solas Sounds production. See you soon.